another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. I'm your host, Toasty. Now, today we'll be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, it seems I've come oh, come across uh, an old audio file um, in which recorded uh, an interview in between me and my grandfather. Now, this was an assignment for a class I had, I think, about like a year ago, maybe two years ago. I can't even remember. It was a while ago, but I just thought there was a whole lot of hidden gems in it. Um, that I feel that uh, a lot of people would appreciate if they would have listened to it also. I feel like there was a good narrative into it, and uh, I just feel like this could be something, you know, that could be added onto the podcast, because, you know, as you know, I haven't really added any other guests yet. I'm still waiting for some more equipment to come through before I really get to that point. Um, But as of right now, uh, yeah, I'll just be pretty much adding that file in. All right, this is T. Safili. I am here with my grandfather, Mr. Charles Wanque. Here you are. Charles B. Wanque. Yep, that's him. And I'm interviewing him for an assignment for my organizational and management class. Uh, We have a generational assignment, and the subject matter we're going to be discussing today is all going to be upon being a leader. So first question... Tell me about yourself, Mr. Charles Wankoy, regarding your age, birthplace, education, workforce, and family. My name is Charles B. Wankoy. Yep. I was born November 2, 1949, in Bapata, Nimba County, Liberia. My mother's name is Tiakwa, and my father's name is... Yeah. Yeah. And what was your education? Uh, I presently hold a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Mm -hmm. And uh, where did you get this degree? Uh, I got an associate degree from Central Pima Community College, and I got my bachelor's degree from Kamplan University. Online. Okay. Describe your work history for me uh, upon the workforce here in America and maybe some points in Liberia too. Before coming to the United States, I worked as a police officer in Liberia and I later ended up as a unionist chief of shop stewards for Lanco Mine Company in Liberia. Yikipa Nimba, I was the chief of shop stewards for Nimba operations prior to coming to the United States. And when I got into the States, I was elected by <coughs> our Nimba community residing in North Carolina as president for the state of North Carolina Nimba community. That I did for about two years no, uh, three terms, and later got elected as speaker for our organization called United Neighbor Citizens Council. This organization represents all persons from Neighbor County residing in the United States. And what does family mean to you in terms of being a leader? Well, family means a lot. In my own language, I usually use the term 
Ogeben ma 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 awa pialebe. In my tribal language, that means I don't. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you say, or even it matters when you say mother, father, or godfather, or you know, generalized parentship. It's never like that. You are always personal and belonging to a family. So you always have to remember where you come from in order to prosper in life. Because you will learn who you are from where you came, which are your parents. So I believe strongly in family ties and family caring for one another. Cool. Thank you for that. Now on to the second question. Describe a time when you were in a leadership role. This could be like family head of household, organizational, at church, or within the workplace, or all of it, to be honest. It's all good. Well, I mean, I, I've been fortunate when it comes to leadership. Even from the childhood, I was always looked upon by friends, teachers, as a leader. When I was a little child, maybe around second, third grade in elementary school, I became president for our elementary school at that time in my born town, Bapa, where I came from. I was the president for the school for a couple of years. And that had followed me all along. Nearly every class I ever took when I was in high school or so, I play an uh, official role in the class, either president, secretary, or, you know, and those are things I have to. And I'm always a leader when it comes to organizing my community as an organization. Presently, I chair the board of our NIMBA community in Charlotte, and I have been its previous president and I, I'm still here playing that role as chairman of the board for our Nimba community in Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, that's that's very good. Um, who were leaders? Oh, this is the third question. Who were leaders you looked up to as role models growing up? Oh, well, especially for me. The leader I adore so much from the country, Liberia, West Africa, was William Arrow Talbot. As a child, uh, the leader then was President William V. S. Tutman. He ruled Liberia for 27 years, and William Arrow Talbot was his vice president for 27 years. And when Tutman died and Talbot took over the government, he brought about changes that were really beneficial to the Liberian people. Well, I'm sorry he was assassinated in the coup, but he was one leader besides Kwame Nkrumah in, in Africa that I adore so much. That's it? Yeah. What were some obstacles that you faced in your leadership experience? 
Well, in leadership, you will always encounter oppositions, disagreements. The only thing you have to learn is to learn to accept people's opinion as their opinion and not take it, not use their opinion as an offense against you. So, I mean, in leadership, you have to know that no matter what you do, it's going to be somebody who will critique you. That should not be something to discourage you. You should learn from discouragement, uh, from critiques. You should learn from what people say you did wrong so that you can work on doing it right maybe the next time. And maybe if you were right and you were accused wrongly, the accusers will get to know later that you are right. And that is a part of leadership. That comes with leadership. Good answers. Very good answers. What were some examples of decisions you made as a leader? As speaker for the Nimba community in the United States, I worked to move the organization from just social level to a non-profit organizational status. And as chief of shop stewards for NIMBA operations, I represented all non-staff workers, over maybe 10,000 employees in LAMCO, those were uh, non-staff employees. I worked for, uh, I fought to make sure they got eloquent pay for eloquent work. And I did that representing employees of LAMCO prior to coming to the United States. All right, cool. Who do you consider leaders today? Well, today... It's pathetic that uh, leadership has become so political. But uh, in so many respects, I adore uh, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton for leadership in this country. And uh, of course, there are other leaders but these two leaders, since I've been in the United States, I highly uh, accept most policies they try to implement and everything they try to do in their capacity of being a leader. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you very much. I think that's about the end of this interview. I'll be able to review this and probably try to convert this into some form of two-page synopsis. I hope to get the highest grade possible. Thank you very much. Thank you, Grant. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> kind of cut him off at the end there. But um, yeah. Uh, I really cherish that interview. I feel like my grandfather did make um, a whole lot of great points and dropped a whole lot of good um, gems also. 
that I feel like a lot of us could definitely look back on. Um, and I'll, uh, even like re-listening to that uh, whole interview, it kind of has me feeling a little, you know, feeling some type of way. Um, I really needed to call him next time I get the chance for sure because, you know, he is getting older and everything. And I feel like even though, um, especially when it comes like with my family, you know, so the world, a lot of us can be a little bit distant. You know, we don't really call each other every day and so on. I guess we're not as close as we used to be. And I feel like, you know, perhaps maybe it's up to me or whomever, but uh, we definitely got to make certain habits to where we're more and more connected with each other. You know, maybe we can call each other a little bit more often, you know, check up on each other, you know, do some things. And I know, like, with this whole pandemic situation, it's kind of like, you know, um, exasperated. You say exasperate? It, uh whatever it just it just straight up and pretty much made things a little bit harder uh, a little bit more difficult for us to really keep in contact and whatnot uh yeah man my grandfather uh came here i think i think he did he say it in the interview so i just i re-listened to it i've already listened to it like several times and everything so it's just like you know i don't like word for word but yeah he literally came here in the 80s or actually no the late 70s whatnot so it's like he's really seen a whole lot of stuff like i hope maybe one day again to get him on the podcast like for real instead of just getting like an old interview from like an assignment that i had a while ago um i hope to really start interviewing more of my family members you know get their insights on various things and matters because uh, it's just like even with this generation the way how things are going and the way how like a lot of things can really pretty much seem unbalanced um, it's good that, you know, we have people from a much different generation. Uh, can't really say, like, they were much more in imba- more imbalanced and everything in the 80s and everything. They're in, like, cocaine and shit like that. Like, I know uh, one of my grandmas is just, like, saying, no, I'm the cool mom. I did cocaine. I'm like, what the hell? You did what? Because you're cool? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I know it's kind of detracting from the subject matter at hand, but it's like, you know, I feel like they do have a whole lot of insightful things to say and a whole lot of insight in regards to how the world used to work and how it is now and what their theories are about it um i hope to pretty much get more older people on um for sure on this podcast because uh, a lot of the topic matters and subject matters that we're pretty much going to be speaking on moving on is going to be a lot more attached not just spirituality but also current events you know society as a whole um you know stuff of that nature and uh yeah, it's just good that I actually have that clip. You know, I know it's kind of lazy. I should be probably doing my own clips. But it's just like, you know, just some things to uh, shake things up and whatnot. I feel like it really does help, you know, kind of freshen things up a whole lot, um, especially with the format of it just being just me talking. Um, it's just something different. So it's like, who knows, maybe one day I could probably, like, maybe interview somebody else. Like, I, I pretty much did this off, like, my phone basically so it's like you know maybe i could just do it again maybe do an interview maybe ask some questions um i really want to get my brother on because uh, it's like for sure i feel like you know he's really growing into like you know a really really uh conscious i want to say conscious but more self-aware type of young man and everything you know it's it's crazy like literally when he was a kid it was just like all he cared about was like teeny mutant ninja turtles and shit like that and like you know, like I was in more Dragon Balls, Naruto, stuff like that, and it's just now we're at the at the point where we st- 
start questioning stuff like philosophy, things like life and death, you know, just just stuff of that nature. And it's just, it really, really shines, really dawns upon you that, wow, we're really, really growing up in this society. Um, we're really growing into ourselves and really, really taking in what society like is as a whole. Um, not just society, just the universe as a whole, too. Uh, there's so many things that are left unanswered, so many things that we're just unsure of, you know, in the future and just things of the past and so on. And it all just threads into a fabric of uncertainty that we uh, can't really help but just ponder upon and wonder. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's amazing that uh, even like for things of a different era and of a, even from back home in Liberia, it's good to at least know that actually I actually had an audio file still on my laptop in regards to um, uh, just just an, just a regular conversation interview between me and my grandfather uh, and stuff. So it's just like I really do appreciate that. I appreciate him and everything. I hope one day to get him on, and uh, that's just it. I know this is probably pretty much like a short, short episode. I think maybe I should just do it like this, like just 20 minutes. I feel like 20, 18 to 20 minute format might just be a little bit more helpful. So it's like, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right, well, that's just it. This is mostly like a bonus episode, I guess. Would this count as a bonus episode? Man, fuck it, it's an episode. But yeah, man, just be sure to keep your peoples close, man. From your older folks, younger folks, your cousins, whomever. I just left the graduation party over the weekend for my cousin in Philly. Really proud of her. Shout out to Zamar. Yagarte. Gotta keep your peoples close, man. Only gotta make it. You can only make it. One can't make it by himself. You can only make it as a group. You get farther as a group, man. Family, your friends, your associates. It's just one large fabric, stone and mental threads.